a lot of content creators, a lot of influencers, they are really good in making content, but they are clueless when it comes to how to approach something with a business mindset, right? For example, one of the things that you should really focus on when it comes to influencer marketing, in my opinion, is reading the comments because the comments are a focus group. It's like real-time feedback, transparent feedback from people. They are the ones that are potentially your customers. Alrighty, guys, we're back with another episode of Building Blocks Podcast. Today, I am joined by Alessandro Buckleri, who is the founder and CEO of the Influencer Marketing Factory. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You have a beautiful background there. Where are you based out of? Yeah, I'm in Manhattan. So I have, uh, you know, so, so, so glad that, you know, like I, I can see these every single day. It helps yeah. even if it's rainy today, you know, but when it's sunny, it helps you. Maybe you don't go outside, you know, that often because you have to work, but at least you have like, you know, one of the reasons why, right? You have to work a lot and you can see this view. It's, it's worth it. It's a testament of your hard work to have that view. Yeah. <laughs> I'm jealous. Where, where are you from originally? I'm from Milano in Italy, north of Italy. Oh, wow. I love Italy. I, I, I went like three years ago, um, just going for food and I think nothing beats it. Just actually going to Italy and seeing them make that in front of you. So jealous of both the places you've been on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I miss I miss the food too, you know, uh, anything else. I mean, like, of course, family and so on. But uh, I'd say that the food and the good wine, it's something that I miss every single day living in the States, for sure. Absolutely. Well, if I ever go to New York, I need to come to you for some Italian restaurant recommendations. I trust that you yes, have to. Please do. I, I know, I know, I know a guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Alessandro, I want to talk to you, and I've been meaning to talk to you, and finally got the chance to have you on a show because influencer marketing has been a topic that I personally been very interested in. Um, I started off as an influencer nine years ago, and since then, so many things have changed. Right, mm -hmm. like the market has changed the way that people work with brands have changed. So I really want to like take this time next 20 minutes to pick your brain about influencer marketing. Um, and we'll, we'll start with the highs. Let, let's go with like yeah, the high sure. notes. What, what has been some exciting things for you in this space recently? Oh, good question. So as you said, I've been also, you know, following what, what is happening for like, you know, many years now. And before it was just like, you know, a nice space uh, promoting something that was it, right? It was like vanity metrics. Uh, a lot of like you know chaos when it comes to pricing and so on so finally first of all i can see a more of a structure and also brands taking that seriously right shifting budgets from other media right to actually putting in front of marketing and start asking questions data-driven type of approach right roi other type of analysis so that is more like you know overall what i've been following a lot lately it is definitely um social commerce that i really care about I can see that in Western countries, so both Europe and also like the States are a bit, you know, far behind what is happening in other countries like China. But uh, I've been looking definitely at that uh, creator economy more as a sort of like, you know, sphere. So uh, I've been following the shift from influencers from being just merely promoters of third party products uh, to becoming solopreneur, to becoming entrepreneurs with small companies, uh, you know, having a team working with them. And so the shift from being uh, a content creator slash an influencer to actually owning an LLC. So uh, I've been following everything. And again, we went from having a hobby to making millions, right? Uh, so oh, yeah. all these type of things, plus social commerce, the creator economy, live stream shopping, a lot of things that uh, really passionate me because I can see that you start from watching something online and then in a smooth way, you can actually buy the product. 
And that is something that I'm following closely because I think there is a big gap, technically speaking and culturally speaking in the US. We're still far away from the final you know, version of what it should be, but I've been uh, really passionate about lately. I love that. And I can see that happening too, at least on my side, you know, back in nine years ago, I was just posting brand deals. You know, yeah. I was, I was doing brand deals for Shein and back in the day, Shein was just a small clothing company and now they're mm-hmm. a multi-billion dollar clothing company. And I think influencers are seeing that they're seeing that their influencers are driving the upsides of the business and they want a piece of that. So over the last couple of years, like you said, influencers, instead of being so, uh, instead of just being a creator and just posting brand deals as a side hustle, they're an LLC. Right. They're an instrument part of these companies and companies realize that and they're like, okay, let's give you minority ownership into this. Let's make Mm -hmm. a brand out of this. Let's do a capsule collection. And so I I'm completely aligned with what you're saying. And it's an exciting time for both brand and influencer because I want to speak on both sides. Right. On, On one side, as an influencer, it's exciting that we're getting to participate. But on the other side, on the brand side, it feels good to have that structural support behind you. Um, instead of like a one and done deal, right? That's not absolutely. that's not converting anymore. Hundred percent, absolutely. Also because you know, like a lot of content creators, a lot of influencers, they are really good in making content, but they are clueless when it comes to how to approach something with a business mindset, right? Uh, you know, like they, they they maybe do like you know uh, you know one shot about activity, but they are missing the big picture. So having also maybe a brand coming in, they're like, you know what, you know their audience better than we do. You know what works, the do's and don'ts, right? You talk with the with your audience in a different way. We can give you the ways to pr- produce, like you know, or make something new in collaboration with us. So you put your face, your knowledge, your way to talk, your tone of voice, your character, and we put it, you know, like uh, um, everything that you need, like the structure in place, our brand values, uh, uh, logistics, and everything. And if you combine them together, you have a, you have perfect combo, right? Because you have the content and what the audience want to see. And then on the other side, you have like maybe a brand that has like, let's say, 100 years of history. So they know how to make things. And that together, boom, I mean, like you have the perfect combination of what people want to buy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're obviously very much involved in observing other countries. And I think it's a good thing because many times other countries are ahead of us in transit market and most notably let's talk china because i am chinese personally so i've had some exposure on that and i know that things are moving fast on that end but i want to hear your thoughts you know like what are some of the things that are happening in china right now and when do you expect that to migrate over to the u.s soil absolutely so i in the past in the past couple of years i started downloading some of the apps i i don't know chinese yet i started doing some something with duolingo not that easy to me on duolingo but uh Let's just say that I downloaded some Chinese apps and I've been noticing that there have been many differences, of course, and you can tell me more about that. But uh, I'd say apart from a cultural difference, I'd say also technically speaking, you know, there is also a difference there. Because, for example, whenever you are on a live stream shopping, let's say, for a Chinese app, there is always gamification happening. You are spending one minute more and maybe you're getting some credit, some badge that you can donate, you know, you can have more information. Inside an app, there is so much happening that is like being like in a video game, right? And so there is a lot of more, like, you know, many incentives for everyone joining, for the brand, for the, you know, for the content creator, the host of the, you know, of the, of the live streaming, and also for the people. Because let's say you go there with this form effect, right, in China all the time. You want to buy because maybe there is a big discount happening. Or maybe you know that if you go to a specific app, 
the more time you spend on the app, you know, the more credits are going to accumulate. And so you have incentives and it's like almost playing a game. While in the Western countries, the majority of social media and also live streaming apps are a bit boring in a way, right? They are like bland, nothing happens. And you're like, should I really waste from, let's say, 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern to like, you know, watch a live streaming? And maybe I'm not even going to get anything out of it. So I'd say that like a lot of differences. And also what I'm noticing it is that in Western countries, there is still a big gap between, uh, uh, you know, like I see something and I can buy it with one click. Majority of the times, it's also even on TikTok US, you still have to go in an embedded, embedded browser going in. And so that means that you have to put your information again, your credit card again. And whenever we ask it to people and we serve it them, they told us like, I think 80% they told us that they, if they have to put their information again, they're going to abandon the cart, you know, and go away. So instead, like for example, in TikTok UK, you have the native right process. So you stay inside the app. You don't go to a third party website. You stay inside and everything is designed by TikTok and you can buy even during live streaming. That is the only one that I see similar to China. So I'd say that there are, again, many, many differences, but uh, the experience that you can do in some of the Chinese live streaming apps or even just social media, it's so like just much faster. And, you know, also another thing is that in China, you are used to have uh, super apps, right? WeChat and many others. You do everything in one place. In yeah. the States, in Europe, uh, you I want to follow an influencer, I go to this place. I want to send money to my friend, I, wa I, wa I go to this other app. We are missing a hub, something a sort of conglomerate. And because of that reason, it's not that easy to put all the pieces together. So uh, that's why I can see many differences. And I'm always looking at what is happening in China to learn because it's definitely like, you know, just a, another planet, you know, compared to what is happening here. It is such an other planet too. You know, there's, like you said, a lot of these things happen because consumer behavior w was different. You know, I, I was on Chinese social media sites, I would say like 15 years ago, um, yeah. when I was 10 years old, I'm 25 now. So when I was 10 years old, I was on social media sites and in China, they have a thing called QQ, um, by yeah. this company called Tencent. And mm -hmm. even 15 years ago and beyond that, uh, QQ, you could do everything together. It was Facebook. It was like payment. It was, you know, all these things shopping in one single place and QQ became WeChat and WeChat's yeah. now a super app. And so Chinese consumer has always been prime to use super apps mm -hmm. that two decades ago we started using super apps so nowadays they start stuff like little red book you know it's a yes. chinese instagram yes. that allows you to buy right and then they mm -hmm. have douyin which is chinese tiktok that allows you to buy and so a lot of times when we look at what's happening in china it's not if we can replicate the technology we can replicate the technology very Absolutely. easily but it's like the consumers just aren't used to it so they like to use 12 different apps or 12 different things and at least in my opinion, for this to even work out in the U.S., there needs to be a drastic change in how we use our apps. And that's not going to happen overnight. Absolutely. 100%. It's an anthropological like type of like, you know, change that to do. That's what I said all the time. Even when the people were asking me about TikTok, I was like saying, oh, why other social media are not copying that? As you said, I also do believe, you know, like as you said, it's not a technical issue. You can replicate that. It's about the culture. It's about how people are used to. Anytime that I go, for example, to, and this was also back in the days, I remember that when I was still living in, in Italy, um, I went to one of the first presentations for WeChat for Europe, okay? It yeah. was like eight years ago. No one knew what was that like. And uh, I remember that there was this uh, 
culture crashing and you know up until now you know like still wechat is not that used in europe that's because again you it, it needs time and also people are like you know sometimes i think that they are overwhelmed sometimes if you go maybe to a chinese uh, uh, live streaming apps for example because there is so much happening so and much. right there's like icons uh, there's badges happening and and in and, and something like millisecond you have to tap on to get you know a reward again it's a game right but uh, if you're a Chinese, you're used to, but uh, if you're like, you know, again, from a Western country, like you're not really used to, and there is so much happening. So uh, I, again, it's not a technical issues, it's definitely cultural. And so that's why I think that is not about like, uh, let's implement these. It's like, let's ask people what they want to see and let's, you know, step-by-step step get them used that uh, one day we also might have one app to do everything, you know? Absolutely. I'm glad you understand that too. Cause uh, I, you know, I try to explain these to people and it's very hard for them to understand that the messy websites in, in China works really well. Like you ever go yeah. on Alibaba or AliExpress or any Chinese website, there's like a billion things shooting at you at the same time, <laughs> but it works. <laughs> it <Yeah>. works. <laughs> I, I remember one example, it was like a website uh, for, uh, was like think selling, um, uh, cars. Yeah. And and I went there, you know, and it was like, like what is going on here? Like, you know, I was just checking and and yeah, everything was happening at the same time. And again, you know, for me coming from Europe, it was like used to have like, you know, clean websites, you know, like, you know, less is more type of approach. And so, again, I think there is just a cultural difference there. So not a, a better or worse. It's just like di different approach to, to to the Internet as a global thing, I'd say. Absolutely. I want to shift gears a little bit into, you know, helping people who are trying to get into influencer marketing. You know, you've yes. been in this space for many, many years now, and so have I. So I, I think we can kind of jam on this. But if someone yes. wants to start a brand and want to start leveraging influencer marketing, what would you say are like the first few things that they need to nail down for it mm -hmm. to become a successful channel for them? Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, I know that it's going to be common sense, but I noticed that many people and, uh, you know, bigger brands, smaller brands, what they don't do it is that they don't spend enough time on certain social media. They don't understand what the audience want to see. And they think of certain social media as similar and not as uh, different places where to be. You know, TikTok is going to be different for tone of voice, top of like, you know, memes, uh, reference, uh, cultural references and so on. That is going to be different from uh, my experience on TikTok on the For You page is so much different from Instagram Reels and it is so much different from YouTube Shorts. Not just because they're all vertical, it's going to work the same. So shoot natively for each of them. A trend is going to work on TikTok, but it's not going to work potentially on Instagram Reels because one is mostly Instagram start as a network, right? Based while the For You page is mostly content based. And in fact, on, on TikTok, you don't follow people, right? They are sort of like, you know, as Jack Conti from Patron said, they are commodities. And they, yeah. I, I believe that. So first of all, spend enough time in understanding each of them Two. Um, this is also like another mistake that I saw, especially maybe smaller companies. They want to throw away money and, and you know, maybe to the big ones, like they still have this idea that, oh, you know, I want to go the ones with millions of, of followers, yada, yada. Like just testing out things, uh, you know, like on, on a smaller scale, it helps you to understand, like even technically speaking, let's say you have an e-commerce. I would, I would just go a bit smaller, but look at all the steps in place. So do a lot of research. We're using, I don't like, you know, platforms to look at the demographics of the right influencer. Once you have that, spend time in briefing them properly. Many people make the mistake not to give the deliveries that they're looking for. They don't put, let's say, you know, media rights in the agreements. They oversee things. And a lot of 
things a lot of the times, you know, you know, like things go south because you don't have an agreement in place. So spend time in doing that. Spend time in really like briefing properly. Look at you know all the different you know uh, material that are sending you over, you know, like for approval. Still trust the influencer. They are the ones that know, right? What is going to work and what not. They do and not. So give them also the freedom. And then once that is done, like try really to, uh, I'd say, analyze everything that is happening. If you have an e-commerce nowadays, it's that easy. Thanks to promo codes, track links, firing pixel, whatever, to track what is happening. So that you can really give a number behind, you know, the influence marketing activities. So you can start spending, let's say, uh, you know, a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand, you know, once you have the business model working, you can see that all the steps are working, then you can start scaling up. I saw many times brands that are maybe going there with like, you know, a more, uh, I'd say, you know, like uh, massive maybe budgets, but they don't have everything in place. For example, their website is taking maybe too much, like, you know, to load. You can do a fantastic work with influencers, but if then the experience is not perfect, you're going to still lose people. And uh, what I said before also, spend enough time in looking for the right influencers, not just the one that you like in terms of content, but really look at things like demographics, historical data, conversion rate, if they have any, any ratio between, for example, you know, clicks and then conversions in terms of e-commerce. If, if you have an app and you want downloads, most probably they're working in the past with maybe other agencies. And if these agencies use things like AppsFlyer, Singular.net, or any other third-party tracking tools, they're going to be able to tell you what are the different CPI, CPC, CPM, you know, any other metrics. If you want really to take it seriously, look at influencer marketing as you will look for programmatic or any other, you know, marketing tools. That it's just important to know because if you don't do that, then you're going to just look at influencer marketing as, you know, some cool people posting about you. But if you want to do it properly, spend the right time in each of these steps. And once you validate, okay, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, then you're able to scale up the game. Uh, but again, it's... Uh, Take the right time to make, you know, your test. And once you're ready, then you can, you know, invest more. I love that. I, I love the point that you said about, you know, making sure that all your, all your back channels are also really good because influencers just brings in impressions to your brand. Like they're just bringing eyeballs to your brand. Yes. At, the, at the end of the day, if you don't do a good job on search, if someone try to Google your product and your product isn't there, then you lose out on a lot. Influencer exactly. marketing, in my opinion, a lot of times they don't click the link in bio. They don't go directly. Absolutely. They actually try to Google you. So make sure that your SEO is on point. Um, you know, you want to make sure that your site's loading well. Like, like, like you said, like so many brands make this mistake of thinking you pay an influencer, you pick, you post a product and everything else is good and dandy. But in fact, it's a full funnel approach. And within the funnel, influencer is just the top of the funnel. If nothing else works downstream, nothing else works. Absolutely. Like I think that brands should see uh, influencer marketing not as Google Ads or you know Facebook. It's not that you put one dollar and then you get X amount out. Thanks to influencer marketing, you get so much more. You get user user generated content first of all. Then you also get other fantastic things that people don't think about. For example, one of the things that you should really focus on when it comes to influencer marketing, in my opinion, is reading the comments because the comments are a focus group. It's like real time feedback, transparent feedback from people. They are the ones that are potentially your customers. So you can do that manually, having someone just going there or reading the comments, or you can even use, let's say, a platform to do sentiment analysis. That is going to really help you understanding that. So you should look at influencer marketing as 
I'm spending this amount to get content generated, you know, by these users. Having, as you correctly said, like, you know, the eyeball, like of these people, targeted people from a specific demographics. Then you have the, the comments, right? There is actually a focus group that you can really like, you know, analyze. And then influencer marketing should be seen as one of the multi-touch, right? That you do, do during your marketing mix. Uh, we have many clients that sell in store that saw a peak of searches using Google, Google Console, for example. They saw a peak of searches also in Google Analytics during our campaigns. So they didn't see necessarily maybe an e-commerce conversion, but they saw more searches like branded searches on Google in the same period. So empirically speaking, you can get back and be like, okay, this is the only campaign that we have done running on influencer marketing. So this can be attributed to these specific influencers. So, you know, you, you have really to look at that as part, like, you know, as a piece of the puzzle of your marketing mix and not standalone, because as a standalone, it's going to be really difficult to justify certain marketing expenses. Oh, absolutely. Uh, influencer is never a standalone channel. Don't get it confused. It's it's in collaboration with everything else that you do. You, you use influencer marketing to accelerate your paid marketing. You use influencer marketing to accelerate your search, your SEO and stuff. And and I'll say like that's probably like the biggest misconception we see in the space, right? Like people think you just turn on influencer marketing yeah. and, and everything comes up. But no, it's we're, we're working together. Okay. We're not looking to replace. Also, because think about it, like the typical, you know, scenario in case study, you are not necessarily going to buy in that moment, like a pair of shoes or, you know, like if you have to download an app, it's easier. But something where you have to buy, you know, it's a bit more difficult. And also something else that I noticed, you know what, it is that since like it's difficult to uh, add promo codes on social media, right? Like I'm, 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 I'm talking about the cart, right? Uh, let's say Instagram shops, for example, now they have them, you know, but let's say we're still a bit far away from the typical flow that you could have on desktop. You know what happens? And I ask this to many students, right? They usually don't have maybe that much of money, like, you know, maybe, you know, other type of adults. So what do they do? They see something on social media, they go on desktop, they look, they use Honey or any other, like, you know, competitors to look for discounts. So they saw the advertisement sort of like things, thanks to the influencer, but maybe, they didn't buy on like on their phone because they didn't find a way to use a promo code. So they go on desktop and then they finalize the purchase there. So imagine like if, uh, you know, like one of the next, in, you know, weeks, months, whatever years that we're going to have an easier way, right. To get something there where you can activate promo codes directly on like, you know, influencer marketing, then, you know, you are removing a, a gap that and you are able really to, so long story short, again, like, you know, People have to understand that not because you see something you're going to buy in that moment. You still have to choose, especially when there is money involved. Okay. And so influence marketing is one of the many ways to get in front of people, the right people. Right. And sometimes they're going to convert the same moment. Sometimes you're going to see a conversion maybe two months later. So, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> you have to take that in consideration also. And sometimes it requires you to compound influencers too get to that one person, you know, like I, I think consumers now are getting a lot smarter for good reasons and good for them. Um, if they see one influencer post about one brand, they're like, oh, it's a pay post. But if they mm -hmm. see 10 influencers that they follow uh, post about the same brand, they're like, okay, I'm intrigued now. What, what's going on yes. here? If they see the same influencer post about the product multiple times, it looks less like a sponsored post and looks more like a lifestyle because oftentimes people follow influencers for the lifestyle, right? Like this fitness influencer, exactly. if they're using the same water bottle every single time, that's part of their lifestyle. I want that life. I'm going to buy that bottle. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, and also like a lot of the times, you know, brands, what they don't do usually it is that, you know, there is already people out there talking about your brands for free. And brands don't realize that sometimes. Like, you know, instead what you could do, the best way is that go around, again, there are like many ways, right, to filter people down specifically for, you know, certain like, you know, if they tag your brand, if they, whatever, okay? And you can find those people. They are already passionate about your, like, you know, you know about your, uh, your brand. And in that moment, you know, what you can do, you can actually activate. And for example, one example, one of the TikTokers that we represent, you know, uh, Cringe Carter, he was uh, a big fan already of Dunkin'. And so when they saw like him doing all these like, you know, free promotion, then, you know, they, they contacted him to uh, promote the Charlie Brew that was one year and something ago, okay? That was the perfect match because he was already a big lover of Dunkin'. And he was doing all these videos of him going at the, you know, like dry weather and getting, you know, Dunkin' every single morning. So the implementing that was perfect. You know why? Because the, the audience, right, of Green Carter was like, this is natural. Actually, they were happy for him. It was like, hey, get that back. Like, you know, you're getting paid finally, right, for, for these brands that you love. So as a brand could be smaller, bigger, you know, look and find for those that already love your brand and propose them something that is going to be maybe paid for six months, for one year, for two years, right? Uh, as you said at, at the beginning, the one shot don't really work anymore. You need more touch points. And especially from the same person, then you're gonna be, really be like, okay, it's not just like some that you're gonna promote this time. They actually believe in that, okay? And I saw these things like five times, 10 times. Then maybe at the 10 times, I'm gonna check it out. You know, you just need more of a sort of social proof especially because every day we see so many ads online that you need a bit more, right? So. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you coming on and sharing all that knowledge with us. It's, you know, a lot of times we think it's common sense and like people know it already, but you'll be surprised. A lot of these like fundamental stuff and yes. things that we learn over years, a lot of people don't know and they make the mistake of, you know, thinking that's that's the end all be all. So appreciate you taking your time coming on to the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. This uh, this was a really nice conversation. And uh, yeah, I mean, like, I would love to see more and more people educated on that. As you said, it seems easy. Sometimes it's not. And that's why there are like experts like us, you know, to, to help them. Of course, of course. And if we were to find you on show show, Alessandro, where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the, if, if someone wants to, you know, um, follow me directly, uh, it's going to be, uh, they look for my name or it's going to be Alexados, that is spelled A-L-E-X. Uh, E-I-D-O-S, not that easy, but if you just look for my name, it's going to be easy uh, to look on that. And then anything else, also LinkedIn, of course. I love to you know connect with, with people that have maybe questions or they want to get into influencer marketing. And lastly, when it comes to our case studies, you know, clients and so on, they can just go on the influencermarketingfactory.com and we have everything there. So again, feel free to connect with me. I'm always happy to you know meet new people. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for extending the help to our audience and I'm sure they will reach out to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. Peace out. You just heard an episode of the Building Blocks podcast. If you like what you heard, subscribe below to keep hearing conversations that I have with brilliant marketers, founders, and innovators on how they built their best ideas. Now, if you want to learn how you can turn your best ideas and build something massive out of it, visit my website, bbclass.co or follow my Twitter at agro. 